Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Workplace Wisdom. Sharing insight, perspective, and best practices for creating the planet's best workplaces. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Workplace Wisdom. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon, and you folks are in for a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Skills Owl LLC, Mr. Andy Timpty. You know what, Andy? I didn't ask you before we went on air. Did I pronounce your name right? You, you did a good job. Uh, everybody tries to overanalyze uh, it. It's Tempty. Uh, it's a it's of Norwegian uh, background, and it's just it it's as as you would uh, imagine it it looks it sounds. All right. Well, we'll we'll score that one as a win. All right. Yeah. So skills out, man. Uh, mission purpose. What are you out there trying to do for folks? Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was chief executive of. Uh, of a large education uh, company, global education company for 22 years. Uh, we, you know, we helped individuals uh, achieve their, their life's goals uh, through, uh, through education for licensures, designations, and certifications like the CPA exam or the CFA or series 763, et cetera. And uh, I, I also served as college president and, uh, 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 you know, I, so I've got a, I had a, a one leg in higher education, another leg in professional education. Uh, and, you know, we would uh, we would help individuals, you know, achieve those Yahoo moments uh, in, in their lives. Uh, so after uh, 22 years with Kaplan and another kind of uh, eight or 10 before that built building a business, uh, you know, wanted to uh, get back out on, 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 quote unquote, on my own, as it were. Uh, I'm we're my 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 business partner is my our son, Nicholas. Uh, so I have the distinct uh, both opportunity and pleasure of uh, of working with uh, with our son. Uh, and uh, we're we're just we're, we're going to we're going to take all the leadership and you know business ideas that uh, that I've developed over over the last 30 years uh, and we're packaging them up and uh, and we want to build that next uh, that that next generation of leaders and I want them to learn from all the missteps and all the mistakes that I've made so that we can <laughs> uh, build, build a better future leader well congratulations on taking that step man I, I gotta believe um, that for some of us that would be a bit of a challenge because you obviously have a very uh, established career, probably a pretty comfortable situation, uh, but you, uh, y- you had the salt to get out there and, and go on this new venture. So congratulations, man. I think yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as I understand it, uh, among some of the focus areas for, for you guys in, in your practice is this, uh, I guess the, uh, one umbrella for some of it might be continuous improvement. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, as a leader over over the last, uh, especially in my time at Kaplan, I have migrated from um, what you would uh, politely call an Andy said leader, uh, meaning very directive, um, my way or the highway kind of, uh, uh, <laughs> of uh, you know, hey, everybody follow me, this is where we're going, uh, kind of a leader. Uh, to one that uh, take I've taken the uh, principles of organizational health, 
and blended them with the principles of continuous improvement or what many uh, think of as uh, as lean, uh, you know, the Toyota uh, management principles yeah. from the night from the 1980s. So uh, I, I, I consider myself uh, a, a continuous improvement and organizational health leader. And it's really not not any more complicated than continuous improvement is the identification and elimination of waste. It is the second pillar is respect for your your people. And the third pillar is to have a maniacal focus on your customer. Uh, and that second pillar of respect for people, both externally and internally, that's what we've uh, kind of blown up and attached to organizational health, which is all about creating a foundation of trust and accountability with, within uh, w- within your organization, communication, clarity, uh, et cetera. So, you know, I've I've gone from. Uh, a very technical leader, uh, a very my way or the highway leader to one who is very focused on the human element. Uh, your people are your most valuable asset uh, in, in your in your business. Everybody is uh, is different. Everybody's got uh, a different change curve that they react to uh, as your business changes and, and grows. Uh, so, uh, again, it's about that I- efficiency, trust, accountability, uh, all kind of blended together in this uh, in the special uh, special packaging. I, I got to tell you, man, as a layperson on on all of these topics, <laughs> but admittedly, it, it occurs to me or it would seem to me that it would be far easier, far faster to teach, transfer, identifying and minimizing waste stuff <laughs> than it would be to, to to teach and inculcate this idea of respecting your people and the trust and and that seems like that's and I, I maybe that's why we need you know the Andy Tempties and, and and the Nicholases of the of the world to help us because that is a uh that's that's a hard road to hoe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they've been called soft skills for <laughs> yeah. for far too long. Yes. Uh, because you have you have hard skills, hard technical skills, and then you have the harder, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what I like to call human or people skills or behavioral skills, uh, and uh, and yeah, they they are much much harder. You know, everybody, especially as we age, we become more and more hardwired. We're less uh, mentally agile and flexible. We get set in our ways, and uh, you know we. We, we learn to put people into certain buckets and categorize them. And, you know, look, human beings are much, much more complicated than uh, being lumped into, you know, some sort of generational bucket and yeah. making all sorts of assumptions about how, how, they, how they might behave. I'm all about having people bringing their whole selves uh, into the world of work uh, and, as business leaders, we've just got to stop showing up uh, in uh, what I like to phrase as these emotional suits of armor where we kind of mm. clunk around the office and we're trying to be somebody who we're not uh, when it's a heck of a lot easier to just be who you are and uh, and get the most out of out, out of your people by uh, by being yourself. I, I got to believe this must be 
And I don't mean to suggest that that your work doesn't have its own set of challenges. I'm sure it does. But it must be incredibly rewarding work, man. Yeah, it look, I, you know, I spent years and years, uh, you know, chasing after budgets and, uh, and, you know, the, the operating income and the top line of the business and, you know, skills owl is going to be you know, all about, uh, you know, making a profit and having a long-term sustainable business. Uh, I'm all about cash flow. I'm a finance guy at heart. Uh, I, I got a PhD, uh, earned a PhD in finance from the university of Iowa back in the mid 1990s. So I know all about the functioning of, uh, of, of the business, but to be able to take uh, a lot of these life's lessons uh, that I've learned and and uh, and create a business model where I'm both giving back and uh, through teaching, coaching, mentoring, and hopefully a little bit of inspiration, as the tagline of my book uh, uh, points out, you know, it, it is. Uh, it is extraordinarily uh, re- rewarding to sit down and write for three hours and have a have a wonderful have what I think is a wonderful idea and you know and get that out in the wild and see what people think. Well, and and I bet it, it's uh, also it must be marvelous to work with your son. So, do you guys um, do you have have you sort of found your grooves in terms of roles? Like you sort of stay in this lane and Nicholas stays in that lane, or how do you manage manage that? Yeah, so we're both musicians. Oh. Uh, I grew up in a musical family. Uh, he obviously grew up in a musical family, um, and uh, and so I've played in bands since I was a teenager. You know, he had a garage band in in our garage uh, when when he was younger. So we're uh, we're actually writing music together. We've uh, we've published our first song uh, oh, cool. late 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 last year and so that's uh that's available uh out on spotify and youtube and all the major music services uh he's actually coming into town in a few hours and we're going to put the finishing touches on song number two uh so you know he's he's helping me there and then on the on the skills owl side uh, of things uh, you know he's got skills that i don't and i Uh have obviously skills that he doesn't um so it uh, it is extraordinary again extraordinarily rewarding to uh to teach your your son uh the lessons of business in a way that an mba program uh can't <laughs> uh, you know and uh and and just have that uh uh, our other son is a is a doctor and he's a wonderful man he's off in, off into the world and uh, i i just uh i can't thank our our younger son nick enough for taking this leap uh of faith uh with me and i hope he's getting enough as much out of it as uh, as i am well i'm sure that he is and i'm sure that uh, whether he's doing it consciously or not i bet dad's learning some lessons from him on all of these topics and all these do in all of these domains yeah, I, you know the the inner the intergenerational aspect is mm. is really cool because, uh, and the trust that we have obviously um, kind of growing up together uh, is I I can take a a question that's bothering me about hey will will this audience resonate with this topic and uh, and I can pose the question to him and you know he'll come back and say, look, dad, I think you got to repackage 
X uh, like this to get the the, the best result uh, with the kind of twenty five to thirty five uh, year year old crowd. Oh, yeah, that, that you know that y- clearly you, Dad, as a fifty eight year old, don't <laughs> <laughs> don't connect directly to. Uh, so you know he he brings that aspect to the table, and it's just so refreshing to you know to have uh, have have somebody that I can you know, in a, in a very uh, psychologically safe uh, environment, bounce those ideas off of. Because when you've got yeah. employees that, uh, you know, that are working, quote unquote, for you, I, I like to think that you're working with the, the people in your business mm-hmm. instead of people working for you. But you don't, you don't tend to get all, you don't tend to get things uh, unvarnished and straight. And uh, that's <laughs> what I like about working with, with our son is, he, he's got the we've got the relationship, the trust, and uh, he's going to give it to me straight. All right. So it's one thing to operate under a, a logo like Kaplan. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's another to get out there in the marketplace. Sometimes it can be a little chilly. How's the whole sales and marketing thing going? Are you still trying like getting that ironed out or? Uh, we're we're constantly uh, testing uh, testing those waters, and yeah. some people some people would say we're pr- trying to do too much because mm. we're testing the waters in the music community uh, right. to, to get this original music out there, uh, which is a challenge in and of itself. I'll but bet. a lot of those lessons from uh, from the music industry translate directly in, into uh, into business as well. So we're taking our learnings from a sales and marketing perspective. Uh, in in uh, in in both in both directions, but yeah, we're we're finding our sea legs. Uh, it is not a direct uh, uh, correlation to oh, I was you know I was a big mid market CEO and that knew all these people, and so therefore I'm going to be a success uh, in a <laughs> right. small business. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way, and it you know the grind is uh, is there and. Uh, and so, you know, fortunately, we're we're doing something that uh, that we love. So we're not technically working, but we are. Right. And uh, and we're just we're iterating, we're testing, we're we're trying to tap into 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 new markets. And I, I love it because the part of being a continuous improvement uh, individual is that. You, you've made a commitment to yourself that you're always going to be learning. You're always mm-hmm. going to be growing. You're always going to be pushing uh, that envelope. So I'm not super comfortable right now. I'm testing uh, myself in ways that I uh, haven't in a long time since I was an entrepreneur back in the 1990s. So let's talk a little bit about the work at, at I guess, kind of a tactical level. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, to get a, a bit of a view of early in the engagement, because I, I can't even imagine where do you start when you're trying to you know, achieve this balance between, you know, behavioral and, and, uh, and, and technical skill. Can you just walk us through what a, what the early stages of an engagement might look like with you guys? Well, we are right now so so i've got this book called balancing act which okay. is uh which is a lot of the what and the why uh around mm-hmm. this balance between technical skill and behavioral skill or and frankly many of the balancing acts that we play uh in both our personal lives and our and our business lives and i draw direct connections between the two through the stories uh that i write 
but the next step in that uh, in that journey is to create the workbook, the companion ah. that's that, that's going to go along with it, because the book is not the how. Um, uh, and so the workbook is going to be the how. How do I bring these concepts to life uh, w- within within my business? And uh, uh, I've uh, and that's that's what we're working on right now. But I will spoiler alert: it all starts with purpose. Mm. That is the that is the entry, the gateway into any business planning. Why am I here? Why do we exist? And really getting that 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 purpose right. So we go, we start with purpose. We get into what I call the it uh, of your of your business, and then uh, I've got a very special word that I really glommed onto a few years ago, and that's the concept of indispensability. Mm. I, it's a long it's a long word. But, <laughs> Don't try to spell uh, it. <laughs> yeah, but but how do I make myself indispensable uh, to to my customers? How do mm. I make it so difficult for them to go to somebody else because we're providing such an awesome uh, product or service or 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 me- or message uh, that uh, that you, you just you're not going to think about any anybody else. So we write right right into indispensability. We talk a lot about culture. Yeah. Uh, again, that that uh, if, if you if you think about a plot of trust against accountability, so trust on the vertical axis and accountability on the horizontal, we want to help uh, business leaders move their cultures into that high trust, high accountability uh, box uh, in in that uh, in that four in that four box. Uh, and then the workbook's going to finish with uh, what I like to call a management operating system, uh, which is this uh, unique blend of uh, continuous improvement and organizational health and some very specific tools uh, that uh, that that leaders can use uh, w- with it within their businesses to to move their cultures into that high trust, high accountability box. I would think that as a client, um Certainly IQ, more IQ points would be great. <laughs> I could use a few. But uh, but I wonder, I don't wonder, I, I'm pretty convinced. EQ, emotional intelligence is probably as important, if not more so, and, and, and really being able to project yourself into the, to the mind of another person or a group and, and genuinely understand how and why they, they think and feel the way they do. Being able, I, I would think that that would be um, important foundation for a lot of this work. Yeah, yeah. So I and I'm not I'm not bragging here, but I have been the smartest guy in the room uh, many times in, in my in my career. Mm-hmm. But but simultaneously, not the smartest guy in the room because my IQ was leading my EQ. So mm-hmm. I was missing all sorts of uh, of signals around the room. I was missing communication opportunities. I was missing uh, clarity uh, creation opportunities. Uh, and so this uh, this concept of the EQ or your emotional intelligence is just at the at the forefront. So again, it's a balancing act, but balancing that concept of IQ with that of EQ and 
look, the future world of work is one where we're going to have computers that can think at low cognitive levels, but ever increasing cognitive levels. Mm -hmm. Computers are going to be taking more and more of our of of the technical aspects of our jobs. So what do we have to bring to the world of work, but our human selves? So it is incumbent on all of us to work on our EQs as much as uh, the technical skills that we are curating uh, for viability in the workplace. No, that's a great way to put it. That's a that's a muscle, if you will, that we just need to pay attention to and, and exercise regularly, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and all, all the all the polarization. You know, we're not going to get political at all here, but uh, we have to recognize that we live in a highly polarized world. Oh, yeah. You know, getting getting caught in these echo chambers of polarization is not healthy for your EQ. So if you want, you know, if if a listener is out there and you want to work on your EQ, uh, get your news from multiple sources. Yeah. Get out of those, <laughs> get out of those echo chambers. Listen to other perspectives and other opinions because that's that is the way forward to curating a much stronger eq that you know that your opinion your way of thinking uh is not the only one uh that's what eq is all about so polarization works directly against uh, building mm -hmm. a strong eq so I was approaching this conversation, at least initially, as, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I own 40% of a media firm, and I have a, a smaller uh, you know, entity that, that does some other stuff. I, I was approaching it from the, the business owner, the leader, the manager. But now, based on, on what you're saying, I'm thinking that there probably are some things and there's some, that um, people who, who go to work for these organizations can and should be doing to um, maybe all the way all the way back to the, how they prepare to be effective in the workforce, and I think maybe that's changing some. Don't you? It's not all about necessarily just go get you a four year degree and and start shopping it, <laughs> is it? Right. Yeah. And when we could literally talk for another hour about what what World Economic Forum has categorized as the reskilling revolution. Mm. And if I can leave your listeners with one thing that they remember from this conversation is that learning never stops and that becoming a true lifelong learner, not just opening up the Wall Street Journal and perusing the New York Times, but really engaging in challenging yourself and adopting and acquiring new skills uh, to maintain and grow your viability in the world of work, that is uh, that that is the uh, I, I would argue the obligation of the future workforce participant, because mm. you are going to be left in the dust uh, as a contributor to this society if you don't adopt that open that open mind, that agile mind, that growth mindset, that lifelong learning mindset. So learning is not done after high school. It's not done after college. And frankly, the four year degree is uh, it's cool and all. But uh, there are things that I 
call skill portfolios that uh, are going to be alternative pathways into the world of work that are going to be equally as viable as a degree because degrees are far too expensive. It's frankly uh, a fairly elitist model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and we're leaving a lot of people behind uh, in our economy and in our society that can be wonderful contributors uh, to, uh, to, to your, to your business. So as a, so as an individual, you have an obligation to be, be a lifelong learner. As a business leader, you have an obligation to be a teacher, a coach, and to put learning at the forefront of your business model. Yeah. So you make me think of uh, now let's talk. You know, it's my show. So let's talk about me for a minute. Uh- <laughs> No, you make me think of my youngest, Kelly. Um, she does have a degree, but I think she's really has sort of begun to build out this, this skill portfolio. She has a patchwork of skill sets and um, experiences that make her incredibly valuable. It, it gives some depth and texture, uh, you know, what she brings to the table. Now, that's partially why she fired me before Thanksgiving and got a bigger job with more pay. <laughs> she was working with me, but no, that's the way Kelly has, has, has approached this thing, right? She's built out that, that, uh, that skill, uh, portfolio. The other thing that I'm thinking is, um, as I, as we continue to build here at business radio X, um, you know, it, in the past I have had, uh, I have fallen into the trap, I think of, uh, sort of hiring in my own image, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if a good old boy or, you know, or, or Southern gal comes in and, and, and she's pretty smart and she, it, but, but we just, I, we almost think too much alike. Right. Yeah. And it would be good to get some very different perspective, you know, like what some of what you said you were enjoying with Nick, right? Yeah. Like you get that different perspective. Yeah. You know, diversity, equity and inclusion uh, is uh, is is a very hot phrase. But that that whole concept, uh, it needs to be extended into uh, equity within your within your workplace, meaning incentive systems and uh, and 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 especially that of providing learning opportunities. Uh, this whole concept of uh, the the hyper the the high potential within your business is the one that gets the learning opportunities. Uh, that 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 uh, that. That that's that's not uh, that's not a great approach. You need to provide learning opportunities uh, with equity. You need diversity of thought and opinion within your business because you got to have those people who are saying no, 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 no. I, I that that's a false narrative that you're trying to, uh, to try. That that's a that that's not the right way to approach this. I would approach it this way, and so then you have constructive conflict within the business and. And conflict uh, handled correctly can be a very good thing uh, for your company. So uh, I have uh, I have made the mistake, uh, like like you just admitted, that I've hired people that look too much like me. They think too much like me, <laughs> and so I get in these echo chambers, and it it it's all oh, things are going really really well. That's that's awesome, and then all of a sudden. Uh, you didn't think of this. You didn't think of that. The biz- and the business model fails because you didn't have a rich enough uh, uh, set of, of humans around you to really challenge your thinking and, uh, and get a better result. Uh, before we wrap, I want to go back to this book, Balancing Act. Is that that's the title? Of the, yeah. So yeah, w- yeah. was that um, 
Was that difficult to come together for you? Did it come together pretty easy? Tell us a little bit about the experience of authoring that thing. Yeah, well, I started writing uh, stories back in 2017. And I would, uh, I would, you know, something would happen at work. And as part of my communication and my my teaching to the to the to the the rest of the employment community, I would take that concept and I would write a small article about it and I would interject a personal story and I would post it uh, both internally and externally. And then we'd have a conversation uh, about it, either with the senior team or uh, or with with a broader team. And as I kept building uh, this library of, of, of stories, it dawned on me, wow, I, I can turn this uh, into a book. And the book was originally going to uh, be, you know, be called uh, Stories of a Mid-Level Senior Executive, because mm-hmm. I've uh, there, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of us, but you're not quite the guy or gal at the top, uh, but you're also fairly senior in the organization. So you're managing from the middle. So you're managing up, you're managing down and you're managing on, on both sides. Uh, and uh, and so that that was going to be the structure of the book. But the more I wrote, uh, the more the concept of balance really started to become the uh. theme. And it was uh, it was in the spring of uh, 2020 as the pandemic hit that I thought, OK, I'm going to be spending a lot of time at home. Let's get this book done. <laughs> and and uh, we were. And we cr- we cranked through it, and it was a it was a it was a wonderful experience. But we you know we took all these stories, we laid them out on the floor, and said, okay, how does this all fit together? And then we filled in all the blanks. And by April of 2021, we had a finished product, and it's uh, and it's out the door. What a great uh, foundation piece uh, resource for people who are are participating in your work too, right? Your clients it must be that that must add a, a a lot to that that whole client experience. Being able to go back to that material, yeah, 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 it forms that foundation. I'll bet. All right. Um, I, I want you to hang out with us after we go uh, off air, just so you and I can chat for for a moment. But before we wrap, I want to make sure that our listeners uh, have whatever are, are appropriate points of contact. I want them to be able to have a, a chance to, to reach out and if they want to have a conversation with you or Nick or anybody else in, on, on your team. And I don't want to leave without finding out where we can go hear that song, too. So yeah. <laughs> lay it on us, man. Yeah, well, everything is available at uh, andrewtempte.com. So A-N-D-R-E-W-T-E-M-T-E. Please don't put a P in my name. There, one does not exist. <laughs> Everybody wants to put a P in there. Uh, so andrewtempte.com is the website. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, we're, we're on Facebook. The, the band's name is called The Remainders, and we've been together for almost 18 years uh, primarily classic rock, a uh, little modern rock, and now we're uh, and now we're doing originals. Uh, we focus on philanthropy uh, and giving back to the community. Uh, so, a fun philanthropic midlife crisis is the <laughs> is the band, but but that that's uh, that's where you can find us. Well, Andy, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon. Thanks so much for for hanging out with us and visiting, man. Thank you. All right, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Andy Tempty, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Workplace Wisdom. Mm-hmm.